This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello, Dreamers, and welcome to episode 112 of the Dreamers Disease podcast with me, Alex Manzi. And this podcast basically exists after going through my own battles with depression and anxiety. I wanted to create a platform to help inspire you to make a positive change in your life. So whether that's a discussion about everyday struggles or hearing the story of an inspirational guest, we aim to inspire you to start becoming the best version of you. And on this week's episode, I'm really excited to be joined by Rich Free 2 And having met Rich a few times in my previous job at BBC Radio 1 Extra, I've always had him on my list as a potential guest because I just know how much value he would bring to a conversation. And Rich is known for his hit singles such as Tractor and Six Words, as well as obviously his legendary freestyles, but there's so much more to him than just music. Rich is one of the greatest thinkers and wordsmiths of his generation, and during this chat he's even talking about creating a legacy beyond music. With a book on the way and it's soon to be released about his creative process and a brand new album in the making this episode is just covers so much and there's so many gems in it we spoke about all things from the artist's mindset to meditation the problem with words like anxiousness being in tune with your emotions being a victim of your own success and much much more so before we jump in i just want to thank you for listening be sure to hit that subscribe button Take a screenshot and tag me at I am Alex Manzi and Wretch at official Wretch32 on Instagram so we both can connect with you there. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Wretch32. So welcome Wretch. Hey, what's popping? I'm good man, how are you? I'm good, you know. I'm actually alright, I'm actually alright. A lot on my mind. Yeah? How come? Just I'm I'm you know what it is that this like Obviously, finishing album finished and getting ready to to get into gear and on the promo run. I think, I suppose, if the mind works like a laptop, it's like I've got a lot of tabs open in my head, a lot of tabs. Yeah, yeah you got yeah. this little circle. Spinning yeah, and I need busy. to. But the good thing is, I like when I get to just click some off. Yeah, you got to click some off, otherwise you. Yeah. So yeah. So we we was literally just talking like about ten seconds before we press record. About ten minutes. No, 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 but specifically this one thing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of you, we were talking about anxiety and feel, oh, yeah, feelings yeah. of anxious and you said you've got a theory on yeah. the word anxious. I think the word anxious breeds anxiety. Yeah. And I think there's some, like, I, I don't know, I have a few theories, I'm, I'm probably not always correct, but I, I've, I just have a feeling that sometimes you can remove a word and it can remove a symptom. Sometimes I think the word creates a symptom. I'll give you an example, like, I've got this thing about being late and some people could say it's anxiety, mm. but I say I just like to be on time. Yeah. And I noticed that I've passed it on to my daughter. So in the morning on the school run, she needs to be at school for 8.45 and she's watching the clock. I said, why do you keep looking at the clock? One day we was running a bit late and she was just like, ah, oh, because I feel like if I'm going to be late, it makes me feel like, and I was like, the word that I think she was looking for yeah. was anxious. But once I tell her she's anxious, then they tell her she has anxiety. She now has anxiety. Yeah. So I just said to her, I said, what do you feel? How does it feel? She said, I just, I just feel like, I said, what, you just feel like you just want to be on time? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, being on time, that's the right thing to be. You're, you should be on time. So mm. if you are running late, you should want to be on time. But I feel like it's, at that moment there, if I tell her she's anxious yeah. and she goes home and says, oh, mum, dad said I was anxious earlier, then late another two weeks, 
another feeling or a conversation is brought up and then she now is telling everyone she suffers from anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I've now just told her that you just want to be on time. It gives her a different feeling about what she's feeling. Yeah, it's a positive spin on it. And it's yeah, like yeah. The, the other way around is more like... Um, a condition. Yeah, or like inception. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you've, yeah. You've planted that little seed of like anxiety, anxiousness. Yeah. And then it breeds and it's like becomes a... What's it called? A self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Where it's like you, you now... Oh, I'm anxious because of this. Yeah. And then it's, I have anxiety because of that. Because of that. Whereas, and now I have anxiety about other things. Yeah. yeah? Whereas sense, if you it. remove the first seed, then the, the, the plant doesn't get to, yeah. to grow or to blossom. Yeah. But that's just a theory. No, that's mind. super interesting, yeah, yeah. man. Super interesting. And just because we kind of skipped a little bit, because I was just interested to hear that point, I didn't want to forget. Can you just let the people know who are listening a bit about who you are and what you do? Oh, uh, Retree 2. I'm a, a a parent, father, a brother, son, a musician mainly, a rapper, songwriter, and a creative. Nice. Uh, been writing songs for longer than I haven't been. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, been just you know been been embedded in the scene for a long time first release came out was like 2006 um and then just kind of been going up the roller coaster since then and i'm just trying to ensure that the roller coaster is always facing upwards and not down yeah yeah that's good man i think like for me personally i'm gonna have a little fanboy moment here just get out of the way but like i've i've followed your journey as an artist since quietly probably not as early as 2006 but pretty early and i've seen kind of your growth within that the way your music's developed the way you've developed Mm -hmm. we'll come to the dreads at some point (laughs) (laughs) Um, but also like just now being able to sit here and have a conversation as i was saying to you before i really appreciate your time being here because i know you don't do a lot of sit down in depth yeah no no thanks thanks for 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 um, extending the invite and However, it worked out. It worked. Yeah, it, worked. it was funny yeah, how it, it worked out. Yeah, like it the universe out. made it happen. Yeah, it's really yeah. funny. Yeah, but it was universal. Yeah, and but so one thing I do want to touch on it is that, as I said, you know, you've you've had your musical journey since 2006, which was your first release, up until now, which is like, I mean, quick maths, nearly 15 years, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, so like, as well as your music and the journey of like the way your music has changed, like, how have you? changed and evolved behind that um i'm do you know what it is i feel like at this present moment in my life i'm better at doing everything than mm. i was when i was younger i think i'm smarter i think i'm faster i'm physically stronger i can rap better like if we was looking at 2006 wretch in a segment i'm just like so much more switched on so much karma as well um and I think the calmness has been the most important factor. Mm. And what's what brought that on? <clears throat> I think just life and understanding that you have a choice and understanding that you don't have to react and act now. Mm. I think the 16, 17-year-old wretch needed to react immediately to everything, whether it be if it was a diss tune or if it was an argument or break up or whatever the reaction needed to be immediate and I think now I've understood that sometimes your immediate feelings on something can change when you step back and look at it Mm. 
from a from a from a different lens. So I think now, just appreciating time and mm. appreciating space, and I think it's just made me a better person. Yeah. Have, have you got a specific moment you can think of where you've had to do that step back and kind of evaluate every day, every single day, every single day, like every single day we're faced with something that can put us in another situation. Every single day, there's a troll online, possibly. Not, that's just, this is just an example. Online saying, oh, you're crap. <clears throat> this, that. Like, on, in an immediate second, you can respond. In a minute, you might look at it and think, uh, in an hour, you won't even remember it. Do you get what I'm saying? So I just think as something as small as that is, is testament to, to, to my beliefs. And I just think every day, there's an opportunity to react and step out of character. Yeah, mm. I think that's really important actually because I think a lot of, particularly in this day and age, everyone is so reactive mm -hmm. with like the fast paceness of social media, of even music. Like, yeah. you know, people, some people are like releasing tunes every two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And it's like, one thing I've noticed with you is, although you might go like in with like the feature verses and have like 10 in a year, yeah. like your personal projects will be far and few between. It's like yeah. your last album was out Three years ago? Two years. Two years Two ago? Years, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you've just finished another one. So it's like, whereas other artists, it's like mixtape, album, mm -hmm. you know, this, that, freestyle, that, and it's like a never-ending cycle almost. Mm. And I feel like for you, you always seem like the kind of character who does have that, like you said, calmness and sets yeah. back and evaluates and go, okay, cool, what do I want to make next? What do I want to put my energy into? And how, how do you like then go to make those decisions in terms of like, do I do a feature? Do I you know, do the freestyle at this moment? Do I start working on an album? Yeah, I think... For me, yeah, it's like... At this point in my career, I look at it from a different angle. So, 10 years ago, I'd look at it and always and think about where I am now. Like, just had a different spin on it. But I think now, I look at my career and I think about it from the end to mm. the point I'm at now. And it helps me make the right decisions. And saying that, I say that to say this, that everything I, every body of work I put out, I want it to have some significance at the end, mm. not just today. So it kind of makes me take my time, create the body of work, like create the theme, try and make, so, make sure everything fits in that theme as well. And um, in terms of feature verses, it's just like, I just have to really like the song or really, well, always really like the song mm -hmm. and always really believe in the individual. One thing I hate is that I've given verses to people who have quit making music. Yeah. That for me is like a waste because that could have went to something else. And that's that's just how I feel about it. So I just want to make sure that you're here for the right reasons. We have the same beliefs and everything like that. That's how I decide who I work with. Yeah, I think that's, again it's true man because i've had like situations where again on a probably a lot of a lesser scale but i've done mm. like podcast interviews mm -hmm. i can probably think of like three or four off the top of my head and i've done that spent the time had the conversation you know da, 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 sometimes even gone there mm. and then it doesn't even come out because they don't even put the rest of the podcast out yeah like, do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, they don't yeah. even launch the podcast or whatever and it's like at the back of your mind you're like okay that is a bit annoying it's a waste but it's a waste of that knowledge and that information and for you it's like a waste of whatever was 
you know the content of the verse or whatever it is yeah 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 and it's yeah it's not it's not it's not something that you needed to do mm. it wasn't it wasn't in two three four five years it's not it wasn't significant yeah so for you like growing up in london north london yeah like how did the area that you grew up in influence the kind of music mm. that you were originally making to how you're making today every everything man I think every in every aspect, the way I dress is North London, the way I talk, my references, my knowledge, my life knowledge, my memories, everything is 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 from there. And um yeah, I just think every, every I think where you grow up and what you're around and who you're around has a big part to play in who you become and how you view things. Like and I find that some areas are very similar, like Gets, me and Gets, we we have the same opinion on a lot of things. Mm. But then me and Merxton might have a different opinion on things. And Gets and Merxton have a different opinion on things. But me and Gets is one is similar. And it makes me think that some estates or some areas are very, very similar, even though they're in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that because mm. it's like it's a it's a sense of community, isn't it? And I guess yeah, it's the yeah. kind of the energy and the vibe within that community will then mould that person. The so individual, the, exactly. So if there's, like, saying you and Gets, if you had similar kind of vibes within the places you were growing up, yeah, that will channel through to now. Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah, effectively, like, like it's like he could have been my neighbour. It's like he lived upstairs. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what was the things that you learned then, like back then, that you've brought forward into your life now? Mm, I think just learning how to carry yourself. And I think for me, like, always being a kid, that, I don't know if, like, the word's popular, but it's, like, just a brief bit of backstory. Like, my like my nan and my dad and my uncle, they, they were very, like, popular Tottenham characters. Yeah. And very much involved in the riots and justice and sorting things out and you know what I mean with, with with all of that type of stuff so it always made them very popular in the area and obviously being a son and a grandson and a nephew of them that made me a popular kid like little things like my christening on was on TV really <laughs> yeah I was on TV as a child and that was kind of like oh so on TV like from a very young age and I think it I don't know and then just moving forward in life like just being quite loud and quite popular and whatnot becoming popular, it kind of prepared me for this chapter of my life where I'm walking down the street and somebody knows me and I don't know who they are. Mm. So I think more than anything, I take my upbringing and I relate it to this. And that's why what you get sometimes is you get a child or a person or an individual that was always quiet growing up, small circle of friends, school, home, like quite a very, you know, quiet, normal, normal, regular life. And then they become successful at something, whether it's making music, whether it's YouTuber, whatever. Yeah. And then now they're famous. Yeah. And it's like, how do I go from being in a class of 30 and only speaking to four people and in a, in a school of a thousand, only 30 people knowing my name to being in a population of 7 billion and I get 50 million views? Yeah. It's hard shift to deal with. Yeah. So, so how I've, do you deal with it? 
I think I was prepared for it. I think that's the difference. I think just understanding that sometimes you're in a room where people know who you are and you don't know who them are, who they are from 12 years old or from 15 years old or 16 years old. I think it set me up for this segment of my life now. Yeah. Yeah. Because one thing that I've always been interested in with like, you know, people like yourself, like you said, you'll walk down the street mm-hmm. and someone will come up to you and be like, yo, wretch, like, or yeah. you be on the tube and, you know, probably people will be recognising you left, right and centre. It's like, how do you, how do you keep yourself grounded within and like almost stay connected to like what's happening in the world without kind of putting yourself into a bubble and being like, I can't put myself in those situations. Like I need yeah. to kind of protect myself. You just have to be you. You have to be you at all times. But if I'm honest, like at times I would probably say that I could possibly be a victim of my own success. Mm because of popularity because there are sometimes something's going on somewhere like i am very i'm very door to door like i eliminate like if i'm I'm coming here today i'm in the car and mm. the car takes me to the door yeah then when i leave here i get in the car that takes me to my door yeah i eliminate me maybe getting off at the train station and having a 10 minute walk just eliminates opportunity for things that are out of my control. Yeah. And it's not that I like to be in control. It's just I like to just get to where I am where I was heading to go and just go there and go back home just like everyone else. So yeah. I'm not really someone that enjoys what the job comes with. I enjoy the job because it's my life, but it comes with some other things that just makes you kind of navigate a different way, if that makes any sense. Yeah, 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 I see what you mean. It's like not putting yourself in this situation because yeah. so many unknowns come within that. Exactly that. And it's hard to explain to people because people are just like, yeah, but why don't you just... Just get on the tube, like put a hat on. Yeah, like why don't you <laughs> yeah. just... do it? And it's not like nothing, no one's going to kill me or nothing, but it's just like sometimes I've got half an hour to get somewhere yeah. and I need to be there in half an hour and the journey takes 28 minutes. So I've got two minutes for error and error might be a four-minute conversation, conversation with an up-and-coming artist, conversation with this picture not that it's a problem but if i've got half an hour and i and i'm i would not be late to anything so if i've got half an hour it's like just being mindful of where i've got to be and how i've got to get there so so then when are the the times and the situations where you are more open to like the unknown and just like if you don't necessarily have to be someone in the time frame it's like you don't mind yeah that's just loose like some um, I like I go Tesco I give myself time to go Tesco (laughs) that's my real that's me clearing my mind Mm. walking around we can have a conversation you can grab you might I've had 20 minute conversations in Tesco half an hour like you can you can get me there events like where I've purposely come out of my house to be around whatever's Mm -hmm. going on so yeah, we can, you know what I mean? We can have it or journeys, we're on a plane, we're going the same, like we're just moving, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're just moving. Yeah, nice. And what, what other things do you do then other than go to Tesco to like clear your head? Like when you sat down here and I was like, oh, what have you been up to today? You were like, oh, just just tr- trying to get my head straight because there's yeah. like a hundred things happening at once. At my, my essentials, gym, mm-hmm. I go gym 7 a.m., four times a week, train nice. from seven to eight, then take my daughter to school, school run. The gym and the school run is my sanity. Mm-hmm. And football, Monday and Thursday, yeah. for one hour. That are my essentials. And Tesco. 
Tesco. Yeah, Tesco. <laughs> I, if I don't have that, I feel like something's removed. Like, just like, you know, like, just what you need on a basic. Some people might say, I need extenders. <laughs> like, I need extenders. I need to rave on Saturday. I need a pint on Friday. Mm. That might just be your essentials. My essentials, gym, school run, Tesco, football. Yeah. I yeah. think it's important as well to have those, like, non-negotiables, whether, mm. you know, you're doing stuff that you're doing or whether you are, like, working a nine-to-five or whatever. Like, to have those non-negotiables in every week where you're, like, so, like, mine are gym in the morning. Yeah. If I'm not, so I go gym What time do you go? 7, 6.45, uh, 7. Yeah, yeah. Where do you do, an hour? Yeah, yeah. 10 to, and then I do, like, 15-minute stretching. The stretching is just as much as a non-negotiable as the workout. Okay. I have to do the stretching after. Um, the days I don't go gym, I stretch um, in the morning. Yeah. And then the other ones are, like, meditation every day. How do you find that? Love it. Yeah? Big, big advocate. Do you have a set time or what do you do? You just What, in terms of length? No, as in like... Or when I do a, it. Yeah, when you do so it. So I really like to do it in the morning. So like my ideal is when I get home from the gym because my head's pretty clear after the gym. Yeah. Get home from the gym, shower, breakfast, and then before I do anything else, meditate. But at the minute, I haven't quite fully got back into that mm. sink of that routine. So I'm doing it in the evenings before I go to bed just to like decompress from the day mm. and just spend that 10 minutes of like... Would you put something on like that atmospheric sounds or... Um, no, you can do, but I use uh, Headspace, the app. So it's basically like they've got all different, um, what's the word, like topics that it does. So there's like one for stress, one for sports, one for anxiety. And they're pretty much all the same in terms of the uh, actual exercise. They're pretty much all the same in terms of the exercises. Yeah. But the, what he talks about beforehand, because it's guided. So he'll talk about, so if it's like sports related, he'll be like, think about you know, the next time you want to do X, Y, and Z, and mm. then you go into the exercise. So that's already in your, your mind. I just find that re- like the guided meditation is really helpful. Yeah, but I can, yeah. I've got, I've done it so much now. I can sit down for 10 minutes and just do it unguided. Without and just it. Insight, like pure silence. That's, that's something of my mind's been on, you know, like yeah. meditation and possibly yoga, but I need to understand why I want to do it. I know mm. my mind's interested. What interests you about it? I think it just sounds calming and relaxing but I'm not I'm not erratic and out Mm. of place I know that I have a lot in my mind and a lot going on but I don't ever I don't it's rare that I feel that it's on top like I always feel like I can handle it yeah and I'm and I have a very cool and calm approach so I don't know but then when I tell people that I cannot get to sleep for nothing I'm up I wake up at 6 15 every day and or six between between five forty five and six fifteen. Yeah. And I cannot get to sleep before one AM. That's like as a standard. Sometimes I get three AM, three thirty, four AM and I, I cannot I cannot switch off. And then people are like, you know, you should try meditation, try yoga. But I feel like it's probably something in me that's like if I start doing things that make me switch off, do I lose? Mm. Like, do I lose some of the tabs that I have open? Yeah. That's always my thought. See, process. I always find, so I've heard that before from people. So mm. do you know, do you know Gary V? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, he, yeah. he always talks about meditation like that. He's like, mm-hmm. he's like, why don't I want to meditate? Like I'm already, you know, working at a hundred. Like I don't need to like decompress anything. I want to be on it all the kind of thing. But 
what I found very beneficial for it is it's more like you gain clarity. Mm. Do you mean like I don't feel like I lose anything? I feel like I gain more than anything else. I gain like the clarity and I even gain like just the understanding of my own thought process. Mm. You see what I mean? Because you've just got 10 minutes where, and a common misconception with, with meditation is that you sit there in silence, which is, is what you're doing, but there's always thoughts. So with uh, meditation is you're kind of navigating the thoughts so that you recognize you've had a thought. You might follow that thought for 30, 40 seconds, but then the second you recognize that you've done that, you bring yourself back to the breath. And then eventually another thought's going to come into interview and you might follow that one for a little bit. And then when you recognize that, you bring yourself back to the breath and you just navigate your way through, through. your thinking rather than trying to clear your head. Okay. So is it possible that I'm meditating when I'm in Tesco? Possibly, but it could be a form of, yeah. I mean, yoga is definitely like, a, you know, obviously there's lots of body movement involved, but it's definitely a form of a meditative experience because you're kind of so focused in being in the present and what your body's doing yeah. and your breathing that everything else kind of goes out the window. Yeah, because I'm very like, very centered and I find it like just mad mm. relaxing and I feel like it's just so essential <laughs> and I don't know why. Mm. But literally, if I've got a trolley and I'm walking around Tesco, I could do that for four hours. And I'm, it's like I'm, it's like there's, it's like it's just me in the shop, literally. And I just take my time and just, I, I never go there in a rush, mm. never. Like it's not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. No, that's there's probably you probably get like a similar, you know, like reaction within your brain to what people get through meditation. It's probably the same chemicals are kind of yeah made active. You know, possibly yeah. So tell me about your gym routine. What's your kind of like... Gym, well, I'm not going to get bigger. Basically, long story short, I had a car crash many years ago. Mm -hmm. No one knows this, but yeah, I had a car crash many years ago. I was in the back of the car. Came out absolutely fine, by the way. The car was written off from the back. Um, then fast forward like 10 years, I used to wake up and I could not move my arm. Really? Like I'd be in excruciating pain and it felt like something was clipping on something that was so tender in my arm. It was ex it was just excruciating. Long story short, um, went to a chiropractor. I'm like, what's happening? He's like, your posture's all wrong. Like you're very slouchy for your age. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. He's like- I'm not gonna lie, the way you're sitting's not gonna help. Right yeah, now, it's not gonna help, <laughs> it? He's like, have you ever had a back injury? And I'm like- Nah, not to my knowledge, no. So he's like, you sure? I'm like, I've never been injured. I've kind of been Wolverine. And if I do, I'm always, you know what I mean? Self-healing quickly or whatever. But long story short, he's like, anything that hit your back hard or any hard impact, I'm like, well, there was a car crash one time, but in, I was cool. Mm. It was like, nah, you wasn't. Wow. Basically that messed up my posture. My posture then started doing something to some nerve in my shoulder, which I now have to reverse. Mm. So he's like, you're, you're going to be all right now because it will happen now and again. But I promise you, when you get to 50 or 60, your arm is going to kill you. So what you need to do, you need to strengthen the muscles. That's what started me going gym. So it's not really, I don't go to get hench. Yeah. I just do a lot of cardio and a lot of cool stuff like ropes, mm -hmm. pulling and pushing, pull-ups, push-ups, bit of weights and 
Yeah. They're just getting your body active and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like strengthening, but strengthening, not bulking. Yeah, but not bulking. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm similar. Like I always, so like I've got a lot of friends who are probably like gym guys, you know, mm. and they're like proper bulky. Yeah. They can like bench a hundred plus kilos or whatever. And I'm just there with my little weights. Like, yeah, this is yeah, cool. Yeah, Cause yeah. I just enjoy the process of it. But mm-hmm. also like just having that movement in your body is so like, it's so beneficial. Like it's underrated massively. It's important, man. I didn't realise the importance like my manager's here and always been training always like going for a job he's I'm got like, big recently yeah I've and seen I'm like these yeah. guys are mad man like why is he waking up so early to go training and I under, when I started doing it I was like I get it man like I'm like my body feels like, I can't even explain it but my body just feels better mm. like I'm like so much better like I'm I'm fitter than I've ever been like yeah it's just weird so how do you keep up all of that then so like your non-negotiables, for example, when you're touring or you're on the road or you've got like busy kind of festival period, like how yeah. do you fit that stuff in? So that's the thing. Like, gym or, I can go for a run on a tour. Hotels will have a gym. You can work that out. Tesco, there's absolutely <laughs> no reason to go Tesco on a tour. School run is And like, if you do want to go Tesco, they're in most places. Yeah, they're in most places and the school run just can't happen. And it doesn't kill me, I'm all right. Yeah. But definitely when I'm home, this is what I need. Yeah. Yeah. And how how is your mindset then different when you are touring to when you're at home? Because it's more like it's a different routine and it's a different side to your life mm. because you're performing every night or every other night and you're, you know, giving a lot on stage and the rest of it. So how wh- where's the kind of differentiation? Is there even a word differentiation yeah. in normal day life to like touring life? I love it. I love it, but I want to come back. Like, I like to be home. Mm. I like to come home. In my head, when you have a job, you go to work mm-hmm. and you go home and that's part of what it is. So for me, it's always, I love my job. I would not change it for the world. And But when I finished, I like to go home. Yeah. Even Even with like bookings abroad, if I can get back <laughs> the same day, I'm coming back that day. Or mm. at, at worst case scenario, the day after, I'm coming back home. Yeah. People think I'm mad. Like, you just went to, I done a booking in Cyprus like a couple of weeks ago, left, done the show, and came back the same day. I was wow. like, why the hell? Why wouldn't you stay out there and enjoy it? I'm like, I want to be home. I enjoy home and I want to take my daughter to school. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I need. Yeah. Because they're the moments, I suppose, like, yeah, taking yeah. your daughter to school that you, you're not going to be able to replicate doing anything yeah. else nothing else is going to give you that yeah that's it and what about that moment when you're kind of you're at you you know you're at a show at a festival whatever and you're you know you're about to go on stage like how do you get yourself into that mindset of like stepping out in front of thousands of people and giving everything up there worst habit ever alcohol really yeah worst habit worst that's the worst thing that's been introduced to my life because of this and now it's become a part of it mm. so it's like I, asso- uh, uh, I associate a show with a drink studio session with a drink it's like a next version of me yeah yeah. I think it's the, there's a term for it where it's like you get yourself into the state like the exact state mm. that you were in every time you do that thing so mm-hmm. like you have a few drinks to get merry or tipsy or whatever, so that you're in that state that you know, okay, this is the mind I'm in. I'm going to go and do this thing. 
can't remember what the term is. Yeah, they probably yeah, they, yeah, they, and it makes sense, and so that's what happens. It's a creature, mm. a creature of habits as well. We are, yeah. they say. But yeah, worst habit. But that's how I think when I do a show, Stone Sober. It's like <laughs> it's almost like how can I explain it? It's like I'm going through a script. Yeah. And it's just, I'm very conscious and I'm not in the moment, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Whereas when you have a little thing, you loosen up, you're in the moment, you spot things, you change things. Whereas when I'm full, clear-headed, it's like I would do exactly the same thing every yeah. time. Yeah. It's like a state of flow rather than going into it and like being too rigid. Yeah. You're in, in, in a flow state where you can just adapt to what's happening. You can change. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can change and it helps, man. And what about coming off stage then? What's the kind of feelings that you have running through you when you step off stage? Mm, never satisfied. No? How come? Could always be better. Could always be better in my eyes. Like always, all the time, all the time. Like all the time. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in my head, I'm like, at that moment, maybe you could have, Always could always be better. Always. Yeah. So you're kind of like in a state of like you've got the adrenaline still running, but mm. you're already in an analytical state where you're like, oh, do this, do that, or next yeah. time this. Next time try that, or mm, mess up a bit there, or da 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 da. Like always a way to improve. Always. Mm. Where do you think that that feeling comes from? Like, why do you feel like you 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 get like that after a performance? I think just wanting to be the best at whatever it is I'm doing and it's like understanding in understanding that you have to analyse and criticise yourself like probably no bigger critic of me than me like even before a lyric comes out of my head in like and said out of my mouth I fool over I fool it over so many times yeah even if it's just a guide so yeah so, do, so with lyrics, do you do you write them down or do you no. just everything's up here? Walk around the room, play the music loud. Walk around the room, walk around the room. Probably do about three hundred laps of whatever room <laughs> I'm in, and I'm like, yeah, we got the first verse, record it, and and just keep going like that. Yeah, that's interesting. And so, again, before we were recording, you mentioned you got a book. Yeah, that's on the way. What's the book about? Basically, like a lot of people. There's a few different factors that made me come up with this idea. Uh, first one, people always seem to be intrigued of how my mind works when creating lyrics. And I'm like, it's not as straightforward as me just giving you one sentence. So I've always had it in the back of my mind that maybe I should do some sort of journal or mm. something to give people a bit of insight. That was the first thing. The next thing was when I started going into schools to give English lessons. And they kind of would have, they'd pick a song or they'd pick a lyric or a verse and write it out and have it in lesson format. And we'd do a lesson on my lyrics. Oh, really? That's sick. And it was like, the teachers were kind of like, I've never seen them disengaged. Mm. So I was like, hmm, it's probably an opportunity here to have some sort of book that can go in schools. And then I thought, I remember when I was at school studying from a book called the Anthology. Mm-hmm in English, which is just a collection of poems. And I thought, it's great, it was cool, some cool poems that I liked. 
but I could have been a bit more engaged. And also, they didn't have explanations. It was just the poem alone. Yeah. So I thought, well, what if I'd done a rapphology, hmm. yeah. which is a collection of rap verses, but it's slightly autobiographical, so you get an explanation. Why could this not be taught in schools and possibly a part of the curriculum? Yeah. So effectively, it's not a book for school. It's a it's a book to help you understand how the creative mind works, creative writing, and to read through lyrics and get breakdowns and whatnot, like Rap Genius would do. Yeah, yeah. But it can also be used in a school as well. I thought I just thought that that'd be cool. Yeah, it sounds similar in a way, not obviously entirely, but decoded. Decoded, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I was trying to think of the name of the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very similar to that. Jay Z book, yeah. Similar to that, yeah. Similar yeah, that's that. that's pretty cool. So, what's your creative process then? Like in a nut, and obviously you don't need to like just build a whole book, but like what's in a nutshell? I think there's there's so much layers to it, but just on a general, it's it's heading to the studio with an open mind and conversing with as much people as you can on the day, hopefully in the session as well. Um, and listening to the music, because for me, the music is always what I have to reply to. Some song will start lyric first, but 90% of my music will come from me hearing a chord mm -hmm. or a drum pattern, and then it enables me to, what does this song say? And then I can then I can navigate back through how it makes me feel. A song might make me feel sad, and I'm like, what type of sadness is it? It's death sadness. Okay, who's died recently that I've been affected by? Who's died in the past that has affected me like that? And it's just a process what I also call like storing emotions. Like yeah. I can always remember how something made me feel. And I think the best songwriters use that same process because when the music tells you to dig deep into an emotion and you've got them all stored. You can now go back in time and there's your song or there's the texture of what the song needs. And it's just, obviously it's a lot longer and more complex to explain, but trying to put it in a nutshell, that would be the show. Around <laughs> <laughs> now that's, I like that. The, 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 again, it comes back to being in a state, doesn't it? Of mm. like getting yourself into a, a mindset of sadness or, joy or whatever it is you know just to get into that zone so that you can express it mm. through the lyrics and through the song and connect back to it that way which is quite impressive it's just and you know when something's just become what you do so it's just quite normal but there's a lot of things that i didn't realize i do and then trying to like put words on it trying to understand it and i'm like I actually really hold feelings. Mm. Like, I remember how I felt. I remember what triggered me. So it's, it makes writing songs so easy. Yeah. Like, so easy. As long as the, I, can, I can relate the chords or the texture of the music to a certain emotion, I can dig back. Like, I can talk about, if the song makes me talk about, I don't know, like, the song makes me feel... Or puts me in a, in a in a state where it's like a happy part of a relationship. I can scan through all my happiest moments in relationships, and you just word it like it's one relationship. Yeah. 
So I'm taking, I liked her because she cooked. I liked her because we got on. But I make it feel like one person yeah, and yeah. just kind of put it together. But I wouldn't be able to do that without storing the emotions and the memories. Yeah. So, so why do you think then that you kind of got this superpower in a way, like this uh-huh. ability to, like, is it something that kind of has always been there for your life or is it something that you've almost decidedly tapped into because of what you do? I think I'm an emotional person, man. And I think I can, like, I still think back to things that have happened in primary school and mm. I, I'm, I'm a feelings hoodler. Like if my mind was a closet, you'd open it up and you'd be like, whoa, you see heartbreak. You'd see this, you'd see, like, I just hold, I just hold on to things and then I've just managed to use it for good rather than, because I suppose what happens, people store with these feelings and then it sends them to a state of depression or different things kicking after that. But I think I've managed to use it for better rather than worse, yeah. You almost like process them, Mm. feel them, let them kind of pass, understand them. Mm. and it's a good process to go through because like you said a lot of people will hold on to stuff and that will cause you know it will build and it will grow and it will turn into something else or mm-hmm. it's like going back to your your arm it's like you store that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah, yeah. It eventually it builds up and it gets to a point where it's unbearable and it's the same thing that we do with emotions it's like and i've been so guilty of that in the past like holding on to stuff yeah and not expressing it and then you get to a point where you're like, it almost like cripples you. Yeah. So did you feel like doing the podcast was a good form of release? Yeah, in a way. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's like, I like to have these types of conversations and yeah. it's like, you can't go to the pub with your mates and have a conversation like right, this. Do you know what I mean? It's too loud as well. Isn't it? It's too loud for a start. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like, there's, there's only certain situations where you can have these types of longer form in-depth conversations to try and understand someone and it's like mm. generally when you're out with your mates or even if you go for dinner sometimes it's not really like the occasion mm. and it's like this has kind of been a release of that side of my mind I guess yeah like in these you know sit down hour a bit more than that or whatever and have a conversation because you, you got the mind and the body and the heart like it's stronger than we think and I think it always Sound so weird than we think, and I think, but um, and it always gives you what you need, similar to a plant. Like, if a plant needs light and there's light coming from a certain direction, it tries to grow towards yeah. that. So, my arm being affected and needing padding forced me to walk how I was walking because that was padding it, and I think in terms of you saying, you know, also storing emotions and stuff, I think maybe sometimes we don't even realise mm. why we navigate into certain directions. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's that. Do you, do you go therapy? No. So I, so the backstory in a nutshell, because I've spoken about it a few times on here, but for you, like I went through a big period of my life where I would hold on to like everything, mm. you know, unable to express sadness unable to express like hurt unable to express sometimes extreme joy Mm. and I went through this period of just like this big grey dark cloud just over me all the time Mm. until it got to a point where it again with your arm it gets to a point where it's unbearable and you can't hold on to it anymore and I was with an ex-girlfriend this like six seven years ago we were in her room we were having an argument and she just turned around to me she's like why aren't you saying anything 
and that caused me to just release that just one question just caused me to release and I just burst into tears and I was just like I couldn't even say anything all I could say was I don't feel like me I don't feel like me and it was just like a release of like everything mm. that I've been holding on to for all that time of like unhappiness of not knowing who I was of like not being sure about what I was doing with my life just all this stuff that I've been holding on to mm. just this big release and that's like what set me on this path of like developing myself like you know reading more self-help stuff being more introspective being more trying to understand my emotions trying to be more in touch with everything and off of the back of that conversation with my ex I then went to a couple of therapy sessions um and I just didn't vibe with the therapist I just yeah there was just either I was holding something back or she it wasn't the right person or the right time there was just something that didn't feel right so I, I, I called it after like five sessions I was like look I just said to her look I, I feel like I've come quite far just in fact I've been here but I just don't feel like this is right for me right now mm. um, and I haven't gone back to it I will, I will do it at some point but I'll know when the time's right when the time's right yeah. have you ever nah it's, it's something that I think about often though. yeah it's something that I think about often because I, I understand that like so much is going on in life and so much is, is going on in one's mind it's a lot man and you need to everything needs to offload man. Mm. like everything needs to offload and I think me knowing consciously knowing that I bottle things up and use them for what I think is just my benefit there's probably another side to that bottle yeah that if it ever gets a hole in it and starts leaking you know what I mean who knows who knows what can become of that mm. but I think as I say like I just I just trust in the fact that my mind and my heart knows what to do so I feel like some things that I feel I just need to do I need to do and it has a bigger purpose than just what it seems like yeah like for argument's sake like the book in hindsight it's a cool idea but I think there's something more to it for me yeah well what would that be I, I can't always put my finger on it. Yeah. But I just understand that when I'm doing something, sometimes I'm like, this is more than just writing a book. Yeah. Like even doing it, how I worked on it, what was coming out of me, I was like, this is, this is bigger than words <laughs> on the page. And it might not be for everyone else, but, I, but while I was working on it, I was like, you needed to do this. Like I needed that. Yeah. And some things I just need, like some projects, maybe I just I just needed to do that. And that's just for me. Maybe it might not, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but in the bigger scheme of things of what I needed at the time, I needed to do that. Yeah. And I think I just trust that my mind and my, and my body knows when it's time to do these things. Because I feel like it's important to, like as a creative, it's important to get your ideas out mm. how they need to be got out sometimes, yeah. Yeah. And again, it's probably quite it's probably quite a therapeutic process of like going through stuff and working out and doing it because it's feeding you mm. and it's you you know, you might like you said you might be putting it together in a book, mm -hmm. but there's something beyond that that is giving you back rather than you just giving the information for people, you know? Yeah. And I think that that cycle of like doing stuff for the purpose behind it, or whatever it is, it's just like, 
just just magical stuff man yeah and you, you never know what you're gonna get but I, you need to like you need to and also as well like i understand that i need to push myself like i don't think i think in life at this present moment in time i'm just going to the gym and i'm benching tens yeah when i'm capable of probably benching 40 yeah. but i'm very comfortable doing tens. so now it's like okay you think you're slick Let's see what other areas you can move in and become retreat to in in book world. Let's see if you can become retreat to in writing theatre plays and productions and mm. stuff like that. So I think it's just a lot of challenges I wanna I wanna set myself as yeah, well. Yeah, sick. And and how are these lessons that you will I guess try to pass on to your kids for them to take on board as well? For, I think the main the main thing I try and give my kids is and it sounds like mad cliche but nothing's impossible mm. if if it's if you're if you decide and I try and I try and explain to them and try and make them understand the importance of decision making because that's what's gonna that's what's gonna guide them through life I can give you I can give them a million pounds mm. well, well I physically can't but I'm saying you can give your child a billion pounds yeah it doesn't mean that the choices they make with that money will be the right choices. You can send your, you can maybe afford to send your child to private school. They still have to decide to learn, yeah, and to pass. The choice is always on the on on the individual. So I exp- I explain to them the power of their choice. Like you have, it's an option. You have a choice. Like you can finish your homework and leave it at that. But you have a choice to study a bit more. It's your choice. Mm. It's up to you. And I try and explain that to them daily, you know, to just get that into their mind. And I'm like, I'm not me because I rolled out of bed and fell into this body. Like, I made the choice and I decided that when everyone was raving or when everyone was going here and there, I was going to go studio. Mm. That was my choice. Yeah. And how did they respond to that? Well, I can't give it to them like that because of their age. Yeah. But I give it to them in in smaller proportions and I just see how they react to it. Like, my daughter reacts to it really well. Yeah. My son is different because he's he's a teenager and right now teenagers want to play computer. I was going to say, probably play FIFA. Yeah, and they want to play Fortnite, they want to play GTA, they want to focus their energy on that. But even speaking to him about that, I'm like, you have a choice. That's your choice to play that game but you making that choice means you're losing out in other areas where you could be doing other things mm-hmm. it's just it's about them understanding the power of the choice man yeah it's, it's really true I think like choice mm. is everything it's like at the end of the day you put your energy where you want to put it and you put your attention where you want to put it and you get out of that what you're putting what into you're putting it. in yeah 100% and is there anything you've, you've taken from your parents that you're kind of almost passing into your kids Discipline. Like, my mum was militant. <laughs> it was like the army. Like, nobody steps out of line to a senior. And I think it's important that kids are disciplined and they understand that there's boundaries that you can push with adults. So I never see my children being rude to any adult. I never see them standing out of line. I get great feedback. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just... I think more than anything, the discipline from yeah. my parents, yeah. 
That's it. I think that's again, it's important because there's such a battle, and it's an interesting one. And you probably know, you know, as well as anyone, it's like the battle between creativity and discipline because mm. people think that they're they're opposites. That you can't be creative if you're being disciplined, and you can't be disciplined if you're being creative. creative yeah. But within creativity, you need to have the discipline to channel it, mm. and vice versa. So I think like teaching that helps harness those creative moments and helps harness other things that come with it. Yeah. Cause, cause in obviously in hindsight, like if I decide I want to write a song, that's a creative, but then you have to be disciplined enough to finish the tune. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? So it definitely, for me, that's definitely come hand in hand. Yeah. Like you can't just be a creative with no discipline. You just coming out of ideas and not doing nothing like yeah and with your album that's now finished mm -hmm. which is coming soon what um what are the kind of messages that you want people to take from that album for me it's a it's a reflective project so it's called upon reflection and um is reflection spelled with a w, w nah, like, oh, nah, nah, nah 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 i missed the trick there <laughs> innit? still time to be a, a genuinely is but um, <laughs> yeah I think I think it's I think it's the confidence to look back but still move forward at the same time and it probably sounds weird but it's like sometimes you're looking back and we're dwelling on looking back and we're not moving forward but for me, the approach should be to look back. Okay, cool. That's happened. That that went like that. But today, I'm going this way and it, things are going to go like this. Yeah. And I think for me, that's like one of the main, the main little touches, just to understand where you are and where you're going, but also where you came from. Yeah. And is there a, a, a thing within that, and not necessarily in the album, but just in your life in general, in like also focusing on where you are like in terms of like the present it's mm, a good question it's weird because I think I think more about tomorrow than I do about today mm. so all my plans are for tomorrow and I think yeah, that's weird. Yeah, my, I don't... Yeah, I, my plans are all for tomorrow. Um, Why do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I feel that the future is more important than the present then. And I think it's all about what I'm trying to build, what I'm about to do next, and how is each step I take gonna help me get to the top of the stairs but there is no top of the stairs as well mm. like I never feel like there's a point where once you do that you've made it I always feel like you're constantly consistently making it because if it's about legacy then it's also about people around you and people behind you so your legacy continues in what everybody else does as well Yeah. so how can I now run up keep running up these stairs but also see someone a hundred stairs behind and maybe throw them in front of me so they're a hundred steps ahead and everyone around can be on the same step 
mm-hmm. or roughly in the same proximity. So it's like my mind's always forward. Yeah. Like this album should should leave me here. Then I'm going to put out that project, which should leave me here. Then the book will come, which would leave me here. Then after the book, you go into theater, which will leave me here. Yeah. Then after that, you work on the next album, which should leave you here. Then by that point, you should be able to do more books, which should leave you here, which should possibly put you in a realm where you can now open up your own academy, which should leave you here. Like it's never, yeah. there is never an end to the steps. So probably that's why tomorrow is more important than today for me. Yeah. And do you not feel then within that, like you're just like almost mapping stuff out? Yeah. Like there is such room for possibility though. Like you could get to that stage where the theatre stage, for example, and something else just might come off the back of it that you haven't accounted for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is, these are, but these are, them things are always, well, we hope they're always good things. Mm. So it's like, it might not be fair, I might become a film. Yeah then now you've done a film that you might can take to the theatre. Like it's, it yeah. should always be... Or TV or... Yeah, do you get what I mean? It should always be around. But I think the first thing is just mapping it out. Like you have to map it out and you have to accept that you're the architect and not everyone's going to understand the house until it's built. Yeah. Maybe I build it from the top down. I don't know. Maybe I'm building from the bottom up. Maybe I've started laying bricks. Then I've started doing windows, which doesn't look right at the time. But I understand how the house is going to be formed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's sick. Well, look, conscious of time. So I've got a couple more questions for you. Yeah. So first one, uh, podcast is called Dreamer's Disease. Mm -hmm. So what would be your definition of the dreamer's disease? I'd say the dreamer's disease to me, the definition of that would be a dream so big that you don't get to sleep. (laughs) That's the dreamer's disease for me because you're so focused on achieving the dream that there's no rest. Mm. I say I actually say that in a tune something like that uh, here's something to believe in no sleep because you're living what you're dreaming yeah <laughs> like it's a lesson in itself that my son could call me dad when I miss the parents evening like you're just on the constant constant goal that's the dreamer's disease for me yeah. yeah that's nice and then finally what is your definition of happiness definition of happiness family Family and stability. Yeah, family and stability. That's the most high. That's the ultimate. You got a healthy family, health, and you're stable and in control of your choices. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when, like, when I say stability, I'm like. I want to be able to choose that maybe this time we're having a year off. Do you know what I mean? And yep. I want the luxury of choice. Not the luxury of luxuries. I want the luxury of choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's nice. I think the the family and the stability and all of that 
ties right back into what you're saying about the mm. moment of like you know taking your daughter to school being a non-negotiable it's like mm. putting yourself in those moments where although you can replicate it every day yeah you can only replicate that moment like when you're in, in it in, in the moment and yeah. i also think that, that that is a luxury yeah because i'm fortunate enough to start work later than 8am whereas without the luxury of the choice i might have to mm. start at 8am and then i'm not able to do that so it's for me it's just not, yeah it's just like literally not the luxury of luxury is a luxury of choice yeah mm. that's nice it's nicely worded yeah, but expect yeah. nothing less to be honest <laughs> 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 anyway, i can string a few words together mate. <laughs> again. um but look, man, i appreciate it but before we sign out can you mm. let people know where they can find you online and keep up to date yes. with what you're doing um i'm on twitter i don't even know if that's still a thing but it's still a thing in my world um that's at rich free two on instagram it's official rich free two and just yeah just on the socials i've got a facebook somewhere as well but probably better to get me on the instagram and yeah i'm here i should be present man i should be present i should be able to be easy to find nice good and as i said at the beginning man i massively appreciate the time because no, i know respect, you don't man. do a lot of these good, so i'm good. really thankful that we got that time to do it so and good luck with everything man i'm sure it's all gonna be amazing wicked man love, love. So there we have it guys, that was Retri 2 and his story. And as I said, there was just so much information and just powerful stuff in that episode. Rich is such a cool, down-to-earth guy and it's just amazing to sit with him and have this, such an in-depth conversation because he really, really doesn't do many conversations like that. So it's very powerful for me to have that conversation with him and to be able to bring value to you guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that. If you do want to connect with me, you can hit me up on Instagram at I am Alex Manzi. You can obviously connect with Wretch at official Wretch 32 on Instagram. And if there's someone who you think will really benefit from listening to this episode or someone who's just a massive fan of Wretch or music or any of the things we spoke about, then be sure to send them the link, send them a screenshot, wherever it is, share the love of this episode so we can get the message out there and really build and build and build and share the love and the positive vibes. But until next time, I'll see you then. Make sure you go out there and chase your dreams. This podcast is produced by Unedited.